Welcome back into the Dead Arm Sports Podcast. Josh and Jell have you covered here on your Friday. It's your boys! It's your boys coming at you. We're <laughs> recording on Wednesday, but it is Friday. It is almost We are live weekend. on a Friday. Live on a Friday. <laughs> yes, we are. How are you doing today, Jell? Muy bueno. Excited to, uh, you know, crank out uh, crank out some more listening pleasureness for for uh, for our dedicated listeners here. Absolutely. Or new listeners as or well, new listeners. Yeah, welcome in if this is your first time listening. Got a fun show for you today. Just a couple of odds and ends news topics. Going to talk a little Jim Harbaugh, some of the latest on the MLB talks. Uh, player that turned down an extension during the uh, <laughs> offseason before the lockout happened. Touch on some Badger basketball along with Joe Lenardi's Bracketology and Going to end the show talking about some of the playoff teams this year that we don't think will make it back next year. Historically, about half the playoff teams do not repeat playoff appearances, so it should be fun and exciting to see if uh, we're on the same page or what our thoughts are for that one, Jill. Can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. Check us out on your favorite listening platform. Subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast. Send us a screenshot of that review. Get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail. If you want to follow Jell and I on our individual socials, Jell can be found at DasJell. That's at D-A-S-J-E-L. I can be found at DasJPEC. That's at D-A-S-J-P-E-C. Send us in. And and that's where you're going to find. So on both Twitter and Facebook, that's where you're going to really find. You're going to see links to all of our episodes and and some additional uh, real nice content. So definitely make sure you follow us uh, on, on those platforms. Yes. And send us any questions, comments, concerns you have as well. More than happy to answer those. We'll either hit you right back if you need something quick. Otherwise, we'll answer it on our next podcast. Gel, sipping on anything fun today? Rocking another fat tire? Where, uh, where are you at today? I am graduating from the fat tire and moving back into the juicy, high, juicy, hazy IPA that I had earlier in the week. Ooh. Mind Haze IPA, a uh, brewery out in Central California, Firestone. Hashtag not uh, a sponsor. Again, <laughs> hashtag not a sponsor. Good call. <laughs> uh, neither is fat tire. Uh, <laughs> but no, it, I mean, it's it's phenomenal and i'm i'm pretty pumped to have another one right now i'll be honest (laughs) yeah you're making me jealous again i do not have any beer currently in my fridge so i am rocking a strawberry tea truly so shout out to my fiance april for the hookup (laughs) so i have something to (laughs) drink shout out i guess (laughs) not gonna yeah i don't want to i don't want to comment too hard in case truly does want to sponsor (laughs) hashtag not a sponsor now yeah hashtag not a sponsor (laughs) ain't my cup of tea pun uh there but uh you know to each their own like you said or you know whatever do your thing gets the job slide (laughs) it does get the job done All right, going to kick off the show today. Had some news. Again, we're recording on Wednesday today that Jim Harbaugh... Live on a Wednesday. Live on a Wednesday. Signed an extension with the University of Michigan. Essentially, this deal just adds another one onto his current contract. But I think the more important thing, and this is speculation, there wasn't any actual numbers as far as salary that came out. Last year, he it was rumored he took a big pay reduction from them due to 
pretty much his performance so far at the University of Michigan. And I think this was getting him back up and rewarding him for his college football playoff appearance this last year. So again, like we talk about with any extension in college football, it really doesn't matter a ton. If a team wants you bad enough, they can buy out your current contract. But it was nice, though. He was deserving, had an absolute hell of a season this last year at Michigan. So no no issues for me. Do you think it was a smart move for Michigan to have reduced his number, his his dollar amount going into last season? I mean, it's, it's for me, it's like I... I think that them doing that may have contributed towards his interest in the NFL this year. But at the same time for Michigan, maybe that was a little bit of motivation for Harbaugh to be like, F this. I'm working at a 50% salary from last season. I'm going <laughs> to, I need to go, I need to get this done. And so I can go get, go get paid again. Yeah. I mean, no, it's, it's interesting for sure. And then does him interviewing with the Minnesota Vikings have anything to do with this extension? I mean, it was rumored all off season that he was hyping up his talk about returning to the NFL to negotiate his contract and renegotiate it. So, I mean, I'm sure all of that had to play into it, but it made sense for Michigan to, if you can get him to restructure his contract and pay somebody less to do the same job. I mean, it, it makes sense. And he obviously was getting in recruits, but the performance on the field wasn't to par and the expectations you would have with the Michigan Wolverine football program. So I don't, I don't mind it. Isn't it nuts that he's already been there eight seasons. I feel like it hasn't been that long, but he's now on, you know, he's through now two full recruiting cycles, two full four year recruiting cycles. It's kind of crazy. I don't know. It's just, it's just crazy to think about that. Cause it feels like it's only been, it, it hasn't been that long, but it's been, he's this, he's going on year nine with Michigan. I just did not, I don't know when I saw that, I, it was a little, it was a little bit mind blowing cause it just doesn't feel like it's been that long, but really look at the Niners since the Niners filed through since Harbaugh left Jim Tom Sula, Chip Kelly. And then, and then I think they finally settled on Kyle Shanahan, which that's that's the win. Uh, oh, yeah. that's a winning hire for sure. But and and Shanahan's been there for I guess now five six years. So, but it you know two years with Chip, I believe, uh, in San Fran, and then just the one disaster of a season with Jim Tom Sula, who should have <laughs> never even been in consideration for a head coaching job. I mean, this guy's a He's he's you know he's an offensive line coach and that's what he should stick to because he's a <laughs> yeah. garbage head coach clearly yes I mean <laughs> where do you, where do you rank him versus Mike Singletary when Singletary had that <laughs> Niner job <laughs> also oh, disastrous man. so the Ni- Niners have uh, they've kind of whiffed like outside of their I mean they obviously had a hit with Shanahan and a hit with Harbaugh. Outside of that, they've had a number of whiffs. So I guess that's probably why they gave Shanahan that six-year extension after like year one or two. They're like, yep, we're not going back to, we're not going to go back into, you know, oblivion with our with our head coaching hires. So smart move by the Niners. But yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of mind-blowing when I heard he's going into year nine at Michigan. Kind of nuts. Yeah. 
something that feels like it's been nine years is the baseball season. And <laughs> I feel no like we haven't shit. seen any baseball <laughs> anytime <laughs> lately. And it uh, doesn't look like we're going to be seeing anything anytime soon again. Still don't have a ton of news on the lockout, but the owners did come out and say that they are wanting to cut the amount of minor leaguers per organization. Right now, that number is currently around 180 guys per organization. They want that number to get down to 150. So that's cutting 30 guys per organization. And that's throughout triple A, double A, low A, high A ball. And yeah, that's to me crazy. There's so many Aren't there more things to worry about and i mean it's not much... like these guys are making a ton of money they're making minimum exactly and it's just like and you look at all of the small towns that some of these programs and triple a and the minor leagues are in and some of those fan bases that you get to grow from that particular city that follow these guys from the time that they started their mlb careers up until they get to the big leagues and it's just mind blowing. And I know it's a business. I understand that, but to cut 30 guys, I mean, that's essentially then pretty much just saying then that there's going to be a single, a double, a triple, a get rid of one of the pretty much you know, get rid of low a ball or probably is the one that ends up eliminated eliminated. Yeah. Which to me is just crazy for the amount of money that it probably cost in order to pay those players. And then obviously you have the stadium upkeep and all of that stuff too. But I just, I don't think it's worth it to do that. And it's just, I don't know. These owners are <laughs> just trying to pinch pennies. I feel like, I mean, it's not like none of them can afford it. It's, it's, it's to me, it's just insanely short sighted. And I go back to exactly what you said. You've got a lot of these rural community or a lot of these uh teams are in rural city or you know they're not you're not seeing there's not tons of teams in your la new york chicago it's a lot of times it's random you know some random city in south carolina and you start that's when a lot i mean what how many games of the madison mallards did you go to i know they don't have an official mlb affiliation but that was, you know, us growing up in that Madison area. Those were the games that we were able to go to on a regular basis because A, it's local, and B, significantly cheaper to bring a family for. Get, you know, get however many hot dogs you want. However, you know, if you want to get a soda, you can get popcorn, you can get peanuts, that kind of stuff. You know, you can get that entire baseball experience at an affordable rate. And if you're a parent bringing, you know, a family of five or whatever there, that's when it, it's actually affordable to go to. And you start, that's when, especially with some of these young kids, like you said, it's, that's when you can start growing a little bit more of a, like an, you know, affinity for baseball. And you cut out some of these teams, if you're going to knock out 30 players, to save yourself what? I mean, honestly, how much does 30 players, 30 minor league players add up to? Couple million bucks? You're going to you're going to really I feel like you're going to kind of kill the, you know, just the national growth of the game when you do that kind of stuff because you're effectively eliminating some of this some of the rural community and and we've seen how much that rural community matters in America. 
and you know whether it's whether it's politics or sports you're going to eliminate you're going to be eliminating at probably like you said probably a team from you know 30 cities throughout the country and so you're not going to you're not going to have the opportunity some of these people aren't going to have the opportunity to be able to regularly go to games that's it's it's so short-sighted to just for them to save a couple million bucks a year between player salaries of course, like you said, stadium upkeep and that kind of stuff, but I don't know. You're also selling tickets, so it's not it's it's not like it, it's not like this is a charity event all season long. You know, you're still bringing in a little. You know, you're still bringing in some sort of revenue that can hopefully pay for most of those expenses for these minor league teams. I don't know. It it, it just seems so short sighted and. This is not something that the owners should really, honestly, right now, give a shit about. They should be focusing on the major leagues, because that's the majority of their expenses, whether it's player salaries, uh, you know, the way that these MLB players travel, all those types of expenses. It's the minor leagues, the low minor leagues should not be a concern for them. And it's 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 penny pinching. And I just think it's really short-sighted and, and could ultimately end up hurting the growth of this game, which right now, on a national level, that popularity is dying. Baseball used to be America's pastime. That's officially now football's arena. And so you're going to now kill another 30, you know, 30, 30 more teams of minor league ball. You're going to kill 30 more communities. It just doesn't. I don't see the long. There's no. There's no foresight with this move from the MLB's side and these owners' side. Yeah, I don't want to go down too far of a rabbit hole here, but the other point I want to make too that I was listening to one of my favorite other podcasts I listened to is the Compound. It was one that started up with Ian Happ and a couple of the Cubs guys when they were going you don't through just COVID. Listen to Dead Arm Sports. Not just Dead Arm Sports, no. Unfortunately, <laughs> gel, but. They were giving a good insight with some of this stuff, and they were throwing the Iowa Cubs out there, for example. And obviously, they're a AAA. I wouldn't expect them to go away. But you look at it, how many fans show up to Iowa Cubs games just to watch a team because they don't have any other major team in Iowa. You take away that team. Ian Happ was an you can't, obviously, you mentioned Ian Happ. He was an absolute stud on that team, too. That's what led to him, obviously, getting promoted into the Cubs uh, Major League roster. Yep. And you take away that team. The problem with that is they, the fan bases in Iowa won't have anywhere to watch the games because of how stupid the MLB TV package is because they fall into so many different regions where they're blacked out of games. So you take away some of these small town teams. They can't even watch any of the games unless they're on ESPN or something. They don't have any local market team, and you go to watch teams on MLB TV, and you're within the region of a lot of these teams that they would follow. The Twins, Cubs, Brewers, Cardinals. Cards. Yeah, probably the Royals. Like, There's so many teams that they can't even watch play because they're blacked out. So you're just losing a bunch of fans taking away some of these smaller town teams. That That's what they look forward to is that season popping up. And really, if you look at the if you look at the state of Iowa, the majority of those fans that live in that state are Cubs fans. Yep. And a, and you have to assume a big reason for that is because they can go to a Cubs minor league game. 
it's just, I don't know, it's so short-sighted. I didn't even consider the TV contract piece, which is, that's, that's effed up. <laughs> that's, that's so silly. Yeah. But. No, it's, it's, it's annoying. I don't know, it's, it's short-sighted. <laughs> it makes no damn sense. Seriously, 30 players that are probably making, like, 60K a year. What are we talking about? Why is this, why are we even having this conversation? That's crazy. These these players can you know, and it's not like they're the the travel expenses are enormous. They they stay at shitty hotels. They ride a bus. Some of these team, some of these players, their meals, their pregame, postgame meals, you're getting like a peanut butter sandwich, and yeah. and you know a packaged salad. It's your not. Housing, it's not like, we're, it's not like we're doing. In. It's not like we're talking. You know, filet mignon for all these all these players on a daily yeah. basis. So it's what what kind of expense. It's it's not that big of an expense, and this is something that they should absolutely shouldn't even waste their time on here. They already eliminated a shit ton of teams uh, in uh, a couple of years ago, and additionally, the draft the the MLB draft used to be like sixty six rounds or something crazy. I think Mike Piazza was like a sixty fourth round pick. Now they're now they've eliminated that down to twenty five rounds. So they've already done that. They've already cut out a number of M of uh, minor league teams uh, a couple of years ago. Now this, I mean, just I don't know. I, it makes no sense. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't. And may, maybe maybe the idea is let's steal the NFL's model and have these players rather than coming through our minor league system have them go through college and that kind of thing. Maybe that's the thought and basically use college as the minor league system. It's just, but I, it's, it's a minimal expense for how much money these owners have. This is a silly conversation that the fact that it's even being brought up into these negotiations is just, it's mind blowing, and it's something that they should absolutely not be spending any time on. We're trying to get a season in. This season <laughs> is supposed to start in a month and a half, and we're haggling over low A ball. This is a waste of time. No, it's spring training. Pitchers and catchers were supposed to, are supposed to report. Yeah, this they should week have already been normally. There. Yep. So mind blowing, and and just so so damn frustrating. Speaking of pitchers, Jill, it sounds like there's a good chance we will not be see any more pitchers batting anytime soon. The universal DH is steamrolling through and sounds like that is one of the main talking points and one of the, I guess, agreements between the clubs too that sounds like that uh, is going to be happening. I know we had touched on that back a few episodes back, just kind of our overall thoughts on the DH, but uh, just want to kind of give your short take on it i guess to kind of refresh listeners minds <laughs> yeah i guess my my personal preference is to i it's not like i i'm sitting here and i love watching pitchers hit you know for the most part it's it's for the most part it's strikeouts and they don't even have the, these pitchers are barely even bunting anymore because of analytics <laughs> which is right. so which is just dumb i don't uh, analytics needs to figure out itself i guess I, I, there's a lot of flaws to just going by the numbers but that's a conversation for another day so, so i i guess i it's not like i sit here and i love watching pitchers hit but at the same time we 
we're not going to have, we won't have that moment in the NLCS of Brandon Woodruff cranking a bomb in the play uh, in the NLCS off Clayton Kershaw. That's, I just got chills talking. I, I said that sentence and I got chills because it's, it was such an amazing moment. And that's the kind of stuff that you're going to end up missing out on. And the other thing beyond that, well, we, Hey, shoot. The when we were at that Giants game, we saw a yeah. walk off from Mad Bum in the it, at at uh, AT and T Stadium in San Francisco. We're not that, granted that was a pinch hit appearance, but you're not going to have pitchers pinch hitting anymore. You know that kind of stuff. So that wouldn't have happened. Those are two huge memories in my recent life in terms of baseball. So it it just sucks to see that part of the game eliminated. And additionally, I I I'm just, you know, this is the baseball baseball nerd in me. I love a good old-fashioned double switch. Oh yeah. Love the double switch. And that so that ends up getting eliminated too. The it's one of that's one of those moments too, or it that provides there's a lot of value in a manager in the NL because that manager is in charge of making that decision to do double switches, that kind of stuff. We've already seen kind of the elimination of managers on the AL side where the GMs and the analytics, you know, the analytic gurus tend to make the calls on this is the best batting lineup based on the numbers. This is the best, you know, uh, this is, you know, we need to make a pitching change to this guy. And that's all run basically by the GMs. At this point on the AL side, you're going to now see that on the NL side, Craig Council has is now looked at as a top three manager, maybe in all of baseball. And a lot of that has to do with him managing these double switches, managing the bench, managing the bullpen changes, that kind of stuff. That's that's going to be eliminated if we go completely universal DH. Yeah, I don't really have too much else to throw in there. The only thing that I look at where, like you said, I'm I'm not a huge fan of it, but understand why it's going that way. I do like the double switches. I like the moments that you get a Jake Arrieta home run in the playoffs or the Cubs. Like it, Bang. It's just exciting that way. But I also look at, too, in the Cubs over the past, too, like how nice would it have been to have Kyle Schwarber as a DH instead of a oh, defensive <laughs> liability out in left field. So I <laughs> understand that, too. Nicely. Yeah. I would say more, and, more disaster. Yeah. And, like, you look at it, too, and it just helps out the pitcher's longevity, too, not having them run around the bases, having them hang out running and trying to get down to second or heck who was um blinking on it the brewers pitcher that got Johnny, injured uh, uh, jimmy first nelson base. yeah jimmy nelson that was out essentially what year and a half from that injury well, so, that, he was he was having his he was having the best year of his career and he was yeah. coming up on a contract year and he dove back this was actually at wrigley yeah uh, he dove back to first base and jacked up his shoulder like you said he was out for about a year and a half and he's never been the same he never got that payday so you got to feel bad for the pitcher there for sure. Yeah. So I, I see the pluses and minuses to it. It's just, I I do like the old double switch and just kind of that aspect, the analytics and all of that, but it, it was headed this way for a while. So we're, we're lucky that we got it <laughs> to see pitchers hit and everything the last few years. Cause I think they could have easily switched over a few years back. I do have one other thing, just really quick. Something that I think is not, 
it, this really isn't being mentioned. These small market teams now, this is an this is an additional position that you're going to have to pay. Yeah. So, you know, the Brewers small market team limited budget. If the Brewers want a legit DH, you're going to have we're going to have to give out, you know, the Brewers are going to have to give out 15 million bucks to go get Nelson Cruz, where in the past they wouldn't have had to pay that. So that 15 million bucks now can't go towards other positions or extending a pitcher or, you know, going out and getting a, another couple sweet bullpen pieces. It's a, it's, it's nice for your, you know, your teams like the Yankees and the Sox, the Sox, uh, that are willing to, that have, you know, the Dodgers that have an unlimited budget, but these small market teams end up getting, this is going to hurt for them for that reason too. just, an additional salary that if you want a legit, if you want a legit DH, you're going to have to pay for it. And that's, and that's why the players are pushing for it, which I get from their, from their perspective. It makes, I would, if I'm a player, hell yeah, I want, I want the universal DH, but just as a fan, you know, and maybe it's just the NL traditionalist in me. I'm not a fan of it, but if I grew up, maybe if I grew up in, in, uh, you know, New York, where I was a, and I was a Yankees fan, then I'd be like, I, I maybe would think completely differently and be like, why the hell don't they have a, a DH in the NL? <laughs> right. Or if the Brewers are still in the AL. <laughs> or that, yeah. We saw how that worked out. They didn't. They, 82 World Series, and that was the last time Brewers had been there. Yes. God, it's been, that's been so long. <laughs> Jill, what if I were to tell you that you're one of the top young players in baseball and I want to offer you 13 years, $350 million extension. And you know that there's a pending lockout coming up too. What, what would you do there? This is a hell of a scenario, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, it'd be really, really, obviously really tough to turn down that kind of money. Yeah. Well, that is what Juan Soto did. Came out and said that he did turn down a 13-year, $350 million extension from the Washington Nationals prior to the lockout happening. So said he just kind of wants to wait and test out free agency once he gets there. So I, I'm torn with it. I mean, that's a lot of money, but I look at it this way. If you're not out there after just strictly the money aspect and you want to win and you want to win championships and world series 13 years is a ton of time to be locked down to one organization i mean look at how much can happen during that time it's not like you're gonna have a 13 year world series window there but it is nice to have that guaranteed money because you get hurt something happens you're never guaranteed a next big payday at all so it's it's kind of tough to outweigh the pluses and minuses there and Washington's not the biggest market when it comes to baseball they've had some solid runs the last few years but I understand it I mean look at the money in the years that Bryce Harper got in Philly and have they made the playoffs since he's got there I don't think they, they have I think they I think they made it <laughs> there like a wild the card game? year yeah as a wild card they haven't won a division though yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you're getting paid all of that money, but if you're actually after the accolades and the world series trophy, that's a long time. And a lot can change in an organization in, in that amount of time. And the other thing too, with Juan Soto, he's 23. He's got a lot of baseball ahead of him. Yeah. And a lot can change over these next, you know, it's really, I mean, a, a decade and a half 
The other thing too, he'd be he'd be 36 years old at the end of this contract. It's not like he can go out and get paid again at age 36. Yeah. I mean, more more than likely, maybe he could lock in a three year deal or something. But and the way the players are aging now, maybe he could. But you're still coming out of this contract at age 36. The other thing too, this average salary per year comes out to just over 26 million bucks. I don't think that he's worth more than that. He made 15 and a half million last year through arbitration. He's got two more years of arbitration. He's going to be making at least 16 mil this year. And at least I would assume, assuming that he keeps up this play, he's going to get another raise from that. So, and and then from there, that dude's going to get making freaking crazy bank. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, once he is through arbitration at age 26, when he is a free agent, why, why? I mean, I could see another 13 year and we could be maybe talking about 500 million bucks. Yeah. So the way that he's playing right now, I mean, you, you could very easily make the argument that he's the best hitter in baseball. It's really him. And, and, and he's been healthy too. Mike Trout. I think Mike, Mike Trout overall when healthy, he's, I'd say the best, player in baseball but he's been hurt the last couple of years so you can soto's been healthy and crazy produ- productive i think he's worth more than he he's he could i could see in a couple of years here the way that this money is in baseball and the way that some of certain owners certainly not all owners but certain owners are willing to spend would you be shocked if the yankees said hey age 26 13 year 500 million dollar deal would that shock you i mean it's it's a shit ton of money and it would be the first 500 million dollar contract in the history of baseball but i mean there's money to blow clearly if if you know the we've seen how much the yankees spent for garrett cole for example and that's a pitcher they gave him a nine-year deal for a pitcher yeah it's he's nuts he's got a nice easy swing soto very powerful swing he would he would rake at Yankee Stadium with that short porch out and right. I'm not. I'm not trying to get him there. That would kind of <laughs> suck. But it makes. But you know, I'm just throwing out this scenario. Thirteen years, five hundred million, two or three years from now, it's not out of the question. Especially because he's going to be making nearly twenty million for the next two years, up until free agency. Yeah. No, I. I don't blame him at all for that. So, it, like I said, I. I'd be one of those two that, like I said, it's that's just a long ass time to be with the same organization. I look back at, I mean, look at the Brewers and the Cubs for example. I mean, those are obviously our two favorite sports teams. Thirteen years ago, the Cubs what was that 2009 season, so they were just coming out of their two playoff sweeps when Carlos Zambrano was still on the team. Like, oh I mean, yeah, like, name drop. Like that was a long ass time ago. <laughs> Oh, nine. So, was that like, the year that Zambrano threw that no-no at Miller Park in what was, um, like, against the Astros? Was that oh, oh was that either, had to have been 07, 08, 08, 08 or 09. Yeah, I yeah. think it was 09, but yeah. That so, I mean, right. shit. And that was also, <laughs> okay. go back to 09, that's before, that's before the Brewers got any good. I mean, they started getting good, and they, they did make the playoffs in 08, but 09, they were okay. And then, you know, 2010, 2011, 2012 is kind of when they started up. And they've been super relevant ever since. But 13 years ago, they were not. No, not at all. 
Somebody that has been relevant for quite a few seasons in a row now is Badger Basketball Gel. So I want to dive over there. They were taking on the Hoosiers down in Bloomington, Indiana last night. Hoosier, I hardly know her. <laughs> End up coming away with a thrilling victory. Who's your daddy? Pulled away. <laughs> Who's your daddy? <laughs> Boo. End up coming away with a nice victory, 74-69 to 69 over those Hoosiers. Johnny Davis back into his uh, Namesmith. Name, uh, you can do it, buddy. Namesmith, <laughs> Namesmith form. Had 30 points, 12 boards. Brad Davison finally showed back up, 21 points, 7 boards. So a nice team effort from the Badgers getting a quality road victory down in Indiana. One of the, I'd say one of the tougher road stadiums to get a win in the in the Big Ten. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that entire state of Indiana is, they're all about high school and college basketball. That's why the movie Hoosiers is in Indiana. So yeah, it, it's the the passion is there in Indiana is crazy, but they're also you know not necessarily regarded as, and they haven't really been for a long time as a top team in the country. It was a real fight for the Badgers this game. They had, you know, and and you look at that score, and they did end up getting the five point win, but they had been down or you know within you know one two point. It'd been a one two point game. The pretty much the entire game, so it was a real fight, and like you said, it was nice for Johnny Davis. Kind of, he he was slumping a little bit over the last two games, and you saw the same thing with with uh, Brad Davison, where he that dude could not hit. You know, he couldn't water hit water if he, if he was, was in a boat. boat. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's why we do this show. Uh, yes. But no, it was great to see. It was great to see Johnny Davis uh, kind of bust out of his little bit of a slump. We did see though late in that game. More foul shooting or more uh, free throw shooting issues. Johnny Davis final, you know, in crunch time only hits two of the five free throws that he was that he was given. This is the kind of stuff that's going to come back to bite you in the tournament. No, absolutely. And that's what I had said that when I went to the game and recapped that earlier in the week. Free throws are something that that was a Badgers forte for a long time and it's scary that you get down in the stretch and it used to be pretty much automatic where you're like, okay, this game's over unless the other team starts hitting a bunch of threes to get back into it. But now it's, it's nerve wracking anytime they're stepping up on the line, which is not typical of a Badger team. Yeah. They, he did, he did hit two free throws at about the one twelve mark. Um, but right out, uh, shortly after that play, uh, there was a ball that, uh, I I believe it was uh, Crowell, or yeah, I think it was Crowell or Wall, one of the two. Yeah, so, you know, down on the baseline, right? Yeah, and he so there was a ball that came that got bounced off a player. Uh, Crowell came out very clearly, had possession of it, whipped it back, threw it back to Johnny Davis, and initially the refs blew this blew the whistle saying that he'd stepped on the baseline or that the ball had hit the baseline. Uh, you could have you could have made the same, you know, could have been one or the other. But it was, you know, they went to replay, and it was very, very clear that the ball never touched the baseline and that his foot never touched the baseline. And Jay Billis was, like, throwing a fit for because he's like, well, I, d- I didn't know this type of a play could be replayed. I, I'm, I'm mind-blown right now. He was... 
like he was rooting. It, it was so obvious that he has this Indiana bias or, you know, I don't think he's an anti-Badger bias or anything. I, I don't know why he would. I mean, he went to Duke. Duke beat the Badgers in the final in the uh, championship game a couple years back with Frank the Tank and, and Sam Decker. So I don't know why he would have any sort of a grudge against the Badgers. But he, I don't understand why he was he was th- he was literally talking about that replay and him seeing you know him saying why is this even reviewable? I've never seen a replay like this. I've never seen a review like this, dude. Then you don't know the damn rules. That's on you. That's like, <laughs> and it was so obvious. Like if you're aren't you you know if you're if you're supposed to be an unbiased announcer, shouldn't you be in the interest of? the game getting called right and the refs making the right call, not throwing a fucking temper tantrum because you don't understand the rules of replay. I just, and he could not let it go. He took the entire, during that entire replay span, he was complaining. He was basically bitching about, I've never seen this before. Fucking get over yourself. It happens. (laughs) Get the damn call right. That's what matters. And then he was bitching about it for the rest of the game. Wow. Well, uh, the, you know, the, the really the you know big play of the game was was that replay being overturned. And again, I, I I've never seen anything like it. Fucking a, dude. They got the call right. Like that's what matters here. And he and he took it into the post game too. He kept on going for like fifteen damn minutes. Over, you know, from the for, from between the replay through the end of the game through the post game, he was talking about it and and saying that he's never seen something like that before. How have you never seen anything like that before? They made the wrong call. The ball was not out of bounds. His foot was not out of bounds. You see that kind of stuff overturned all the time. So, for somebody like Jay Billis, who I had, I mean, I I didn't have. He was for me. I had as much respect for him as anybody that does college basketball analysis until last night watching the game because he could not let it go. And really, why do you give a shit if you've never seen it before? Why do you give a shit if, if you know, a replay review and, and focusing on these replay review rules shouldn't, shouldn't what matter be the fact that they got their call right? I don't know. I, he's got to get over himself. But, uh, you know, I'll cool off a little bit here. Uh, on a little bit more of a, uh, obviously a lot more of a somber note here, uh, Dick Vitale did recently have throat surgery. Uh, it sounds like it was successful, but he is 82 years old. He's had health scares in the past. And so, obviously, our, our best wishes definitely need to go out to him. Um, you know, it sounds like... Again, like I said, the the surgery went well, and you know, knowing knowing Dickie V and his his incredibly upbeat personality, he'll be able to fight through this. And it sounds like his goal is to return back to, uh, you know, the quote unquote the booth, uh, to continue announcing games and breaking down games. But uh, just need to definitely, uh, obviously, our our all of our best thoughts and everything are with him. Yeah, absolutely. He's one of the icons of college basketball growing up and always tuned in and loved uh, when you turn on your favorite team's game and he was announcing it. So, yeah, wish him the best and hope for a speedy recovery and get him back out on the, the court. The Dokies are on fire, baby! <laughs> That's my Dickie V. 
Nice. <laughs> All right. So we're going to move into our last segment here, Gel. And we kind of alluded to it yesterday that there's 14 teams that make the playoffs now. They did the expansion two seasons ago. And Roughly half the teams don't make it back into the playoffs. So kind of wanted to get your take, and I don't know if you just want to kind of go back and forth and we can uh, talk about a team that you don't think is going to make the playoffs next year. I'll let you know if they're on my list and just kind of go down the list and discuss. Yeah, so the the 14 teams that did make it this year, Tennessee on the AFC side, Tennessee, Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, uh, Las Vegas, New England, and Pittsburgh. On the NFC side, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Dallas, the Rams, Arizona, San Fran, and Philly. So again, like you said, uh, generally, about half these teams don't make it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start off on the AFC side, and I think the easy one to eliminate right now for me is uh, uh, Chris Berman's beloved Raiders. We they had to overcome so much to even be relevant last year roster wise it's still not pretty uh it, it and if we look at their drafting history really hasn't been hasn't been great they've had some talent but or you know i mean let's go back and when they had a chance at you know in when they had the number four pick overall they took cleveland farrell i mean that was just an absolute disaster of a pick so they don't have the greatest drafting history granted they do have an incoming gm from the Pats, but the Pats also haven't drafted very well in the past. I mean, Nikhil Harry was a first round pick. He's done. So <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so they had the, just the fact that they had to overcome so much last year, and, and this is obviously not a Derek Carr thing. You heard earlier in the episode my my positive, uh, you know, my positive thoughts on Derek Carr as a quarterback and thinking that he's an amazing leader and everything, but it sometimes comes just comes down to talent. I don't think they have the talent to compete for another division title or, uh, or for another wild card spot, especially given that division you've got, I, I mean the chargers, you'd have to believe that they're going to be better next year. Given, given that roster, given Herbert, Brandon Staley having another year on his, uh, you know, under his belt, and and is there they almost made the playoffs exactly (laughs) it came down to that you know that final game that overtime game otherwise the Raiders wouldn't have even been here I think that what they accomplished last season is was incredible and I don't think anybody saw it coming so I think that this is this is the one team or this is probably my easiest team on the AFC side uh to to say probably not going to happen again next year my I Las Vegas was on mine, so I, that uh, we're one for one Hello. here, Jill. My uh, my team that I think is kind of a slam dunk, unless they do quite a bit this off season, is Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is going to have a lot of turnover with Tom Brady obviously retiring. They had a lot of guys that either signed one year deals to come back and run it back, or else were at the end of their contracts. I mean, Chris Godwin is a free agent, and Leonard Fournette, pretty much the entire running back room is for agents. <laughs> so, I mean, and that team, obviously, with Tom Brady leading them was phenomenal. And before Tom Brady got to that NFC South, historically, the NFC South saw teams not repeat as division winners so many years in a row. So it's one of those that 
Yeah, it's up for grabs. Tampa Bay could sneak in because of how mediocre and terrible that division is right now. But I think they're one of the teams that's on my list that I think right now I would not be betting on them making the playoffs. So we're two for two here. That was uh, my <laughs> that, was, <laughs> nice. that was one of the NFC teams I was ready to eliminate. Again, obviously the quarterback position. We don't know. I, we, we just don't know what they're going to do. The Falcons are in, you know, their second year with Arthur Smith. Granted, Matt Ryan is not anything special, but that division is so damn weak that I could see any four of these teams ending up making the playoffs from that division. And who knows? Maybe Carolina goes goes out and goes and gets Deshaun Watson. Carolina gets Deshaun Watson. That's by by a mile the best quarterback in that division. And you could, I think, at that point default to Carolina winning the division. Um, next, the next NFC team that I am here to, uh, eliminate, I got, I gotta, I gotta go Philly. I just think there's a ceiling with three hey. for three. <laughs> there's definitely a ceiling with Jalen Hurts. I think we can, we can all acknowledge that at this point. Yeah. He's, you know, they did a really good job, Nick Sirianni and, and that, you know, that, that roster, they did a really good job to kind of go from a more conventional offense to more of, you know, just a very run heavy offense. And that's what you have to have when you have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts is, is a pretty run heavy run centric offense. So that was, they did a great job this season to adjust mid, you know, in season and go more of that with that run heavy scheme but there's just a ceiling with Jalen Hurts, and and I think that that's that's one of the teams that I I, I have to kick out. Yeah, no, I I agree completely with that. I think Washington will be better next mm-hmm. year. There's no way their defense can be as bad, and they're gonna have to bring in a quarterback. Taylor Heineke is great as a story it was with his playoffs, almost outdueling Tom Same. Brady. He's not the answer there. They got the new brand with the Commanders, and they're gonna want a new quarterback coming in to be the face of that franchise and. Obviously, Dallas should be winning the division probably, and Giants are the Giants right now. But, I, yeah, Philly is just one that they just kind of snuck in this last year and didn't really even seem like a playoff team. At times, there was a couple-game stretch where they looked really good, but then for the most part, it was so up and down and inconsistent that, no, I I agree completely with that. I'm going to go to one that right now I'm going to say that they're not a playoff team due to Big Ben retiring, and that's Pittsburgh. Four for four. They have so much talent. Nice. They have so much talent on that roster where if they were to get a Jimmy G or a solid quarterback coming in, I would immediately put them back as a playoff team. But they're also up against it in that division. You've got, obviously, Cincinnati's going to be good with Joe Burrow. Lamar Jackson, Baltimore probably would have made the playoffs over Pittsburgh this last year had Lamar not been out down the stretch for those last few games. So they have an extremely tough division that they have to win. AFC West is extremely tough, so you're going to be up against it just even fighting for a wild card position. So that AFC North is going to be an absolute dogfight next year. And right now, Pittsburgh, unless they bring in somebody, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy G, Russell Wilson, somebody like that, I they're not going to be able to compete and get into the playoffs. Same exact feeling on my side. I mean, if at this point, just not knowing what that QB situation is, Obviously, Dwayne Haskins is not the answer here. So 
not knowing what this no. situation is. Or Mason or Rudolph. clearly Rudolph. So I think just not knowing <laughs> what that situation actually looks like in the QB, you know, uh, in the QB room. You have to, they, and I, I feel like they, they end up overachieving almost, I feel like they end up overachieving quite often. Like I, you know, they went 500 with between when Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph were their starting quarterback. So they do overachieve. Mike Tallman is an amazing coach and they do have a lot of skill position, uh, talent, but we don't know what this quarterback situation is going to be. And if, and right now, it's Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. Those are the two quarterbacks on the roster. So <laughs> that ain't going to get it done. And Can you combine them? <laughs> that would look. Uh, I still think they'd they, suck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you combine their talents. They're like the same guy. So, no, I, I think that Pittsburgh, that's the next team that I'm willing to move out as well. Jumping back into the NFC. This is a team that I think is plenty talented as well, but we don't know what they're getting out of their quarterback position, and that's the Niners. Five for five. <laughs> I mean, it, it depends how much how much do you believe in Trey Lance. That's ultimately what it comes down to. And he did get two starts this year and did get, you know, in between those outside of those two starts, had a little bit of kind of sporadic playing time, more situational stuff when it came to you know, in the red zone or just, you know, situations where he can use his legs. I think he's got mad potential for sure. I mean, big body, crazy athletic, and and just an absolute whip of an arm. But he hasn't, he still hasn't played enough football over these last, you know, even including his last year in college. He only played one game in college or in his, his final season in college. And he only got two starts last year. We don't know what we're getting out of him. I love the roster. I love the coach. But this is a team that I can definitely see falling off. Because they barely... They, they, I mean, I wouldn't say they barely made the playoffs. They were comfortably a wild card team. But that was with Jimmy G and, and his stability. And he played really well this year overall in general. Pretty consistently. That's the thing about Trey Lance that I don't know if we can... There's definitely no guarantees in terms of consistency out of Trey Lance. I think that's going to be the wild card team. That's another wild card team that that I'm willing to take out of the picture going into next season. Yeah, no, I, I don't have too much to add. It just scares me having Trey Lance back there. Not that I don't think he's going to be a good quarterback down the road, but there's going to be a huge learning curve for him. You're going to see a lot of rookie mistakes while he's trying to learn the offense and read defenses throughout the season so yeah that's pretty much they that team is probably one that has the biggest range of potential wins for next season like they could easily be a team that wins five six games depending on how Trey Lance develops throughout the season or if he ends up picking it up and shows something like uh Patrick Mahomes where you learn the offense sat behind a quarterback for a year get thrown in and pick it up right away and could end up winning 11, 12 games. So it's definitely a wide range, but I would definitely go on the lower side of that and have them miss the playoffs. I got a lot of pressure on me right now, Joe, because we are five for five and we only have two left. I am going to stay in the NFC here and I'm going to go with a team that is starting off the 
off season here under quite a bit of turmoil. Their star quarterback does not <laughs> is coming out on social media calling him out. And I'm gonna go with Arizona. Cliff Kingsbury is in the last year of his deal. We've seen Kyler not take any steps forward the last few years. They had an absolutely phenomenal baller season out of James Conner that I'm questioning if he's able to repeat that performance. And there's just a lot of question marks on that team. The Rams, obviously, if they run it back, are the heavy favorites to win that division. That division outside of the Rams, and even with the Rams, historically has beat up on each other quite a bit. So I just, I'm not a huge Arizona believer anymore, and they've missed the playoffs, not this last year, but the year before, and they underachieved. So, yeah, I'm going to pick Arizona here. Six for six, buddy. Yes. <laughs> Good work. Now the pressure's yeah, on you. Uh, no, I, I obviously had Arizona there for pretty much the same reasons that you had. Obviously, the Kyler not knowing what his situation's going to be, all this offseason BS that they're going through. And it's always a really kind of – kind of goofy situation when you've got a coach going into his final year as kind of a lame duck where he doesn't know what his, you know, the outcome of his future is he they're you know, if they're not going to extend you, it's always a weird situation with that. So, which I think, which I don't think Kyler, uh, not Kyler, uh, Kingsbury deserves an extension based on how he's performed or how, how the team overall has achieved. So I probably would make the same move if I was, you know, Steve Kahn, the GM or, uh, or the owner, but you've also on top of that, you've got an aging roster. JJ Watt is, is he, you know, is he coming back? I don't know what his contract, I believe his, I don't believe he has a contract going into the next season with Arizona. I think it, was a two-year deal, but my guess is it was probably pretty front-loaded. Where there's not that's a lot probably, of cap space if they were to. Cut that him. sounds right. And then DeAndre Hopkins come. You know, he's not like he's an old man or anything. Uh, but he's been dealing. He was dealing with injuries all last season, so we don't know. What we're, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. And you mentioned James Conner. Are we really going to see another 14 touchdown season out of James Conner? <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's the other. Yeah, I would say that they're probably on the brink of it. So. This is it now. Are we going seven for seven here? <laughs> Ooh, I I was debating hope. between two teams. My beloved Packers and the Bengals. I'm going to go Cincinnati here. Super Bowl hangover. Burrow coming is he's, you know, I mean, he's coming off another knee injury. So we don't know what his offseason is going to look like. Lot you know potential sophomore slumps as well from uh, out of Jamar Chase as a possibility. I think he's he's too damn talented to you know not be able to overcome that, but that's a possibility. How much do we really believe in Zach Taylor? Yes, he did get that contract extension, but is he? Do we also do we really view him as one of the top coaches in the league? I don't think so. He's no he's no Sean McVay, and and we see this almost every year where or or quite often Super Bowl loser has a really, you know, has a pretty rough next season. It's going to, it's absolutely demoralizing to lose you know, fight your way through a full season, get to the Super Bowl. You see yourself as or like, you, you know, you're sitting there like, Oh my God, we could be Super Bowl champs. And then to lose in the way that they did just in a heartbreaking way. 
it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt the offseason and just overall mentality. I think Joe Burrow is somebody that could definitely come back and, and lead that team back into the playoffs. But at the same time, I could see them falling off a decent amount. Uh, not not to not to the point where they're going to be at, you know, below 500 or anything like that. But that division's going to get healthier. I think I, I, I personally... I think Baltimore is going to end up winning that division. And, you know, assuming Lamar can stay healthy as well as as well as J.K. Dobbins and and their other, you know, number of running backs, corners, you know, DBs that went down. If they can if they can stay healthy, I see Baltimore winning that division going into next season. And then Cincinnati is going to just have to fight for a wild card spot. That's kind of what I'm seeing here. So but, uh, you know, you see that Super Bowl, that loss after a Super Bowl, that kind of hangover and. I could see that hurting the Bengals going into uh, next season. Yeah, no, the Super Bowl hangover is definitely a thing. They've got a very tough division that they're in that, like we had talked about earlier with Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh finds a quarterback. That's a three-team race for the division now. And the Browns are roster-wise not, you know, yeah, there's a quarterback issue there, but roster-wise yeah, still plenty strong. So it's not an easy division to try to break out of. The thing with Cincinnati is, though, we know what star players will be on that roster next year. And this is why we went six for seven, Gel, because I went with your beloved Packers here just with the whole Rodgers situation. Obviously, if Rodgers comes back, we're not having this conversation. And if we knew he was coming back, there's no conversation. But if Rodgers isn't back, are the Packers really a playoff team? <laughs> no. Yeah, that division's weak, but we saw Jordan Love, and he is not the answer. I mean, he looked horrendous in the couple games that we've seen him play. So I think it's Minnesota's division to lose unless the Bears take a huge step, which I don't expect that under a first-year coach. But I just think it's Green Bay. They still have talent on that roster, but you've got – Aaron Rodgers to worry about. If Rodgers isn't there, Devontae Adams really doesn't want to be there. Their cap situation is not great right now. Granted, they are probably, I'd say arguably, one of the better, I'd say top five teams in the league when it comes to the draft and hitting on players. But still, I I don't know. If Rodgers is gone, I think that pretty much shoots the Packers' playoff hopes to uh, very small. Yeah, yeah. Jordan Love <laughs> Not it. I, granted, we only really saw him for that one start against Kansas City, but he looked bad. <laughs> he is not ready to take a team to the playoffs. He's not. He should not be a starting quarterback in the NFL, based on based on what we've seen. And if he was, if the, if the Packers did think that he was ready, they'd say adios, Aaron. We're moving off. Yep. We're moving off you. We're done with your we're done with your BS and done with your drama. We've got an answer in Jordan Love. They know love ain't it. So I almost went Green Bay there. I we almost went six or seven for seven, but I think Aaron does end up returning ultimately. As much as I, you know, the Green Bay, the Packer fan in me says, I hope he comes back. But the podcast content fan in me says, "I hope he moves <laughs> on, and goes somewhere else." Uh, but no, I, I think I ultimately think that he probably does come back, and that's the only reason that they make the playoffs. But if if they move, if Aaron ends up going somewhere else, whether it's via you know they end up cutting him so he can sign wherever he wants, or 
uh, or or via trade, which is obviously a lot more likely. If that happens, no chance that they make the playoffs. But I do see Rodgers returning, and that vision is still pretty weak. So there's yeah. there's no chance that the, that Green Bay misses the playoffs if Aaron is there. Yeah, as long as he's healthy, no, yeah. no way, no way, Jose. <laughs> still a lot of uh, teams trying to figure it out there outside of Green Bay, but that uh, should wrap up this episode. Uh, again, we can be found at Dead Arm Sports Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. Like Gel had mentioned earlier on in the episode, we usually post a lot of content to Facebook and Twitter on our individual handles. So check us out there for even more content post all of the links to the episodes on apple and spotify there again our individual socials at dos gel at dos jpeg also send us in any questions comments concerns you have about the show we love answering your questions you can literally ask us anything sports related not sports related podcast general questions whatever you want to ask we're more than happy to answer Check us out on your favorite listening platform. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail. Gel, what are those favorite platforms? Hit us up on our presenting sponsor, Anchor, both on the web and on our and on our beloved app on the phones. Uh, Anchor.fm on the web. Anchor on just search Anchor on Google Play or the Apple App Store. Uh, they allow us to do all of our editing, everything, and present this this work of art to you uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, make sure whatever you're listening on, subscribe, rate, and review. Take a screenshot of that written review. Hit us up in the DMs uh, at Dead Arm Sports on Twitter or Instagram, or send it to us in the DMs on Facebook. Just by you can find our page just by searching. Dead Arm Sports. That's where, and we will get you some some sticker Dead Arm sticker swagalicious action. Uh, definitely make sure to also so you know if, if you're gonna send us that review while you're at it, let's get some mailbag que- get throw in a mailbag question and we will uh we'll answer that on the show as well. Yeah, while you're at it, tell a friend if you like the podcast. Odds are somebody you know probably does as well, so that would be much appreciated by Jill and Josh here at Dead Arm Sports. Uh, Help us grow our podcast, get you even more content out there. Again, appreciate everybody listening. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll be back later next week to recap any news that breaks over the weekend and also recap that awesome Genesis Invitational taking place out in Cali. So close us out, Jill. It's that time. Catch you on the rebound, you sexy greyhound. Oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man.